today on CityCast Salt Lake. It's going to be 75 degrees this weekend, which means it's time to bust open your windows and listen to the sweet songs of our local birds. Our newsletter editor, Madeline McGill, happens to be a recreational birder, and she joins me today to create a beginner's guide to spring bird watching right in downtown Salt Lake. It's Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Madeline, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Wait, I can't say that. You work here. Madeline, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake, the podcast universe. I just want folks to know that I have practically been on my hands and knees begging Allie to let me talk about birds on CityCast. <laughs> and every time that I've run an urban almanac in our daily newsletter about crows or quails, I forward it to Allie and I say, there are birders in Salt Lake and we will have our moment. Uh, so I'm so glad to be here and I'm so glad we're talking about birds because they're such a big part of our city. Honestly, birders of Salt Lake, this is your moment. But for non-birders, can you define birding? Absolutely. Birding is going outside or heck, even from out inside looking through your window is the act of observing birds. You don't have to be an ornithologist, which is a scientist who studies birds to practice it. Uh, you can be mm -hmm. like myself, an armchair recreational birder. <laughs> and also I will say daughter of an ornithologist, um, which is how I inspired my own passions. But mm -hmm. birding is simple. It's going outside, enjoying our birds and as a result, enjoying pieces of our city. For people who, like me, have been um, skeptical that birding is, like, I guess, fun, why aren't birds boring? I can't believe you would even say that to me with a straight face. <laughs> Sorry. Birding is so much fun. I would say that birds, I mean, it's both emotional and practical, right? Birds remind mm. us where we are. There is not, I think, a single person that doesn't have a bird that reminds them of home. It's to understand where you live is to understand the things that live there with you. But they're mm -hmm. also a crucial piece of our city's ecosystem. I mean, they there are pollinators, there are seed distributors, there are highway cleanup crews, but they also <laughs> teach us, yeah, literally, um, they teach us really valuable lessons about place, climate change, and environment. To know where mm. our city is going is to understand and interpret the patterns of our migratory species. I love that. Let's make a beginner's guide to birding in Salt Lake City. Okay. Where do you think we start? I have some ideas. I'll let you go first. I love this. All right. So a couple of things. First, you don't have to go on a birding safari to be a birder. The act of birding is actually quite still waking up early, mm. finding a big open meadow, and just being willing to observe. Like we're not going with one species in mind that we're gonna hunt down across the Bonneville shoreline trail. We're staying okay. still. We're finding an mm. open space where we can observe lots of different, if one particular or many types of environments and levels. Uh, I'll also say that you'll often hear a bird before you'll see it. So not just bringing your eyes, but also bringing your ears. And I will say mm -hmm. a good pair of binoculars will really do you a solid because those little things are pretty tiny most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Does it have to be a quiet space? 
I'm thinking like, can I bird at the dog park while my dog is kind of running around in circles? Like, or is that not effective? I think that, I mean, I think one of the most delightful ways to view birds is when we're doing something busy, we're walking around downtown Salt Lake and suddenly you like cross paths with a turkey. Um, I don't think that there's (laughs) any like hard and fast rules for where you can see birds in the city. Um, But if you are intentionally going out to bird, I'd recommend going early and going someplace quiet so you can really enjoy the sounds. Okay. I mean, I have a pack of quail, a covey, sorry, a covey of quails that inhabit. Is that what they're called? That's <laughs> they're called darling. a covey. I know, isn't that adorable? Um, there's six of them. They live down my street. Like I wake up to the sounds of a downy woodpecker every morning in my backyard. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. so I think that the first thing to bird successfully is to disrupt the notion that we somehow have to go out in pursuit of birding instead of mm. just standing still and appreciating the birds that are already around us. Yeah. I think some of the most famous birds that will come to you in Salt Lake are the Rose Park turkeys. Ooh. So yeah. Rosie and the the mother has a name. So there's a matriarch of the Rose Park turkeys. Her name is Rosie. A lot of people probably know that. She had six babies last year, like probably eight or nine months ago. And now they're pretty grown but they parade around rose park like near fourth and 1400 west and parade is the perfect word (laughs) they do they fully parade around and like they're very boasting i'll never get over the experience of like being pretty new to salt lake and like walking down the street and just being uh uh, just like a lone turkey jaywalking (laughs) across of state in front of me just by itself in a rare occasion yeah yeah big birds are city birds Something I learned is that prior to the 1950s, there hadn't been turkey population spotted in the state of Utah for like 100 years. Really? And then they were reintroduced to the state in the 50s. Yeah. And now we have like 25,000 plus turkeys across the state. But it was like a very deliberate reintroduction process to bring them back to Utah. Wow. Yeah. I want to know what you're looking for when you walk around Salt Lake City. What birds are you excited to see? I personally, I'm a big bird of prey gal. I love vultures. Mm. I love raptors. I love osprey. I love hawks. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think that those are the birds that I'm excited to ID. But the birds that I think about the most are the ones that I hear when I wake up in the morning. Um, You know, when you're like, the sun is coming up, it's springtime, we're opening our windows, which means that we're going to start hearing bird calls um, as we're entering into the day. And there are a couple that I would like to flag as ones that you probably are hearing already that maybe we can help you identify. Okay. Okay. I want to talk about the morning dove. This is spelled morning, M-O-U-R-N. It's one of the most common birds in any American city, but the way that it sounds, I think, is such an emotional and defining experience. Oh yeah, I know this sound. You can hear a tonal change in the morning dove, the hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. Yeah, but the morning dove, I think, is such a gorgeous, gentle mm-hmm. uh, call that when I hear it in the mornings, it really roots me in place. And even though it is, yeah. I just like this idea that these common birds, quote unquote, are boring or somehow like insufficient or non-exciting, absolutely false. The morning dove is gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on where else you live in Salt Lake, I, I want to register another common but beautiful 
um, bird, which is the red-winged blackbird. And like many blackbirds, oh. it has a, my favorite bird, I will say. Um, it's my mom's favorite no bird. No way! I actually know this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you yep. can recognize them from an all-black body with a gorgeous, deeply red upper shoulder wing with a yellow stripe. Um, okay. And they have the most fascinating call. Oh, yeah, they're so stunning. <gasps> yeah. It's shattering. You know what I mean? It has it like, it has almost a, a like a vibration like quality. Mm-hmm. I think that red winged blackbirds to me feel like I'm home. Uh, I've never lived in a place where they haven't been a part of my experience. Yeah. Um, but that's what I mean when I say that birds remind us of place. Mm-hmm. I love this bird because it almost looks like a prince wearing a very large coat with like capped shoulders, Ooh. you know, like the orange and yellow capped shoulders. Yeah. And then when it makes its call, it broadens its wings. So it kind of looks like it's like opening its cloak. Yes. And then it makes this really, like you said, shattering sound. It's very regal. I love the way that you just described it and this is why burning is so great Allie welcome Look in at go. there's story there's myth there's imagination yeah birds yeah mm, birds 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 what's your next morning bird okay so there's one more bird that I really want to talk about that we're probably hearing mm-hmm. as we're waking up in the mornings and it is the woodpecker and I think that these have captured mm. the public consciousness because they don't make sense Do you know what I mean? Like it's a tiny bird ramming its head as hard as it possibly can into a tree. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how often do we actually get to see the outcome of like said woodpeckers pursuits? We usually see them as they're like enjoying the journey. Um, But there's a Mm -hmm. couple of things that make this bird absolutely remarkable. First of all, their names. (laughs) Um, My favorite Utah woodpecker is called the red naped sap sucker, uh, which the sap sucker. It's just, I mean, like, what a name. Do you know what I mean? It just, like, it just rolls off the tongue. Red-naped sap sucker. But the thing about the woodpecker that is incredible is, like, when you see them, they're kind of, like, mounted on a surface, right? They're just, Mm -hmm. they're complete, almost, like, completely flush with the tree. And they're actually, in addition to using their very powerful neck muscles to propel their head as hard as possible into a surface, they're using their tail feathers, which are very stiff, to actually press themselves against a surface to keep themselves upright. I think that woodpeckers are like the bodybuilders of the, (laughs) of the bird world. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like somehow they're like not concussing themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. But they are using their tongues, um, which are retracting to wrap around their brains to keep themselves from concussing. What? (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Isn't that bizarre? Like their tongue like goes back. And wraps around their brain. Yes, correct. (laughs) Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's incredible. Like we see this thing that you, I mean, might describe as a nuisance, right? I mean, they're like woodpeckers are a part of some pest control companies like services. Um, But they're they're like, they're feats of nature. Can you imagine? Yeah. But in terms of the identifying sound, it's probably one of the most easy to identify like you are there's never any question that's a woodpecker it's that like (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) we both instantly were like yeah that's the sound (laughs) (laughs) i will tell you it's interesting you brought up how we all have a relationship to a childhood bird and my childhood bird is the chickadee 
Mm. And I know this one because I remember being really young and my mom walking in a park with my mom and my mom very specifically saying, that's Mm. a chickadee. And do you know how that's a chickadee? And you can always identify a chickadee is because their call sounds like they're saying chickadee dee 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 dee. Yeah. So they do this like chickadee dee 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 dee. And I have a chickadee call. We can play it. Okay. So that's the black capped chickadee. And actually, the chickadee dee 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 is their call, it's not their song. Mm. And so that's when you know that they are warning of predators to other chickadees. Wow. Um, Which makes sense because it is a little bit alarmist. I will say, I don't give chickadees enough time of day. Such diverse communicators. And I also think, I will say, like identifying these common birds, it's like once you know how to spot a chickadee, spot a finch, spot a common woodpecker, um, it becomes Mm. a lot easier to start getting the harder and... (laughs) Harder, more exotic birds, we'll say, like the migratory mm-hmm. species, like the less frequent ones. But like knowing mm-hmm. the chickadee, absolutely crucial. Yeah. And the chickadee doesn't migrate. The chickadee does not migrate. So you can hear that sucker all year round. What a treat. So I guess my last question for you is, like with all precious things um, that are part of our ecosystem in this city, should we be worried about our birds? That's a really great question. We talked a bit in the beginning about how birds are vital to Salt Lake's ecosystem, and they are. And there are Mm -hmm. a couple of things actually that are threatening them. Like we can't talk about birds in Utah without mentioning that the Great Salt Lake is home to over 10 million birds, migratory species. The Great Salt Lake is kind of like the Denver airport of the West. If you're a bird, (laughs) you can't get anywhere that you need to go without stopping there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's like, it is the hub. You cannot understate its importance. But Mm. as the Great Salt Lake starts to dry up, we're losing the habitat that many of those species depend on. Um, Mm. And it's not just a danger to people. It's a danger to the dozens and dozens of migratory pathways that make up the air above the Great Salt Lake and the Mm -hmm. nesting and feeding ground that many species have come to rely on as a part of their home Mm. or their migratory passage. Madeline, thank you so much for getting me hyped on birds today. Heck yeah. I'm so glad. Um, It's been an honestly a complete joy to hopefully change hearts and minds on why (laughs) birding is such a fun activity, but then also crucial to our city. We will look for more urban almanacking in your newsletter, and I will call you the next time I hear a good bird in the neighborhood. Please do. Talk to you soon. A little more bird news before we go. The artificial light that makes up Salt Lake's glowing skyline looks magnificent from the Bonneville shoreline at night, but it's apparently very dangerous for our sweet migratory birds. Nighttime light pollution can cause confusion for birds and send them off course and into collision with buildings. In 2017, the Tracy Aviary documented 44 of these collisions just in downtown Salt Lake. This year, the Aviary and Dark Sky SLC are teaming up to introduce a program called Lights Out Salt Lake. The goal is to eliminate as much unnecessary nighttime light as possible in Salt Lake so that spring bird migrations can be safer. 
By participating in Lights Out Salt Lake, we pledge to turn out all unnecessary lights on our property between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. from now until the end of May. That means drawing the blinds if you're up so that your indoor lights don't pollute the sky either. Tracy Aviary biologists say it's an easy action that makes a huge impact. And if you want to learn more, there'll be a Lights Out Salt Lake Birds and Brew event at the Aviary this Thursday, March 24th, starting at 6 p.m. 20 bucks gets you into the Aviary grounds for a night stroll, a presentation from biologists about the Lights Out program, and a cash bar from Fisher Brewing to accompany your birding adventure with a beer. That's our show today on CityCast Salt Lake. Please send us your Salt Lake bird encounters and we may share them in our newsletter. And subscribe to our newsletter if you want to see the diagram of how a woodpecker's tongue wraps around its skull. You can do that at saltlake.citycast.fm. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.